Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, we are going to be reading from verse 1 all the way through to verse number 8. John chapter 1, 15. John chapter 15, sorry, 1 to 8. I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruits. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you, are, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Hallelujah. Let's go back to our main scripture text, that is Ephesians chapter number 4, verses 11 to 15. I'm sure by now you know this text. Ephesians chapter 4, we are reading from verse 11 to 15. Verses 11 to 15. The Bible says that, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Hallelujah. We've been talking about the fruits of maturity. Hallelujah. You, you see that there's a theme that is running through all that we have read, and that is much fruit. Amen. It's fruit. How, how many can see that? All that we have, you have uh, my father is, uh, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Then he talks about fruit. In here is God glorified that you bear much fruit. Hallelujah. God is after fruits. But the, the problem is that you cannot bear fruits or a tree cannot bear fruit until it is matured. Hallelujah. Without the tree going through the process from the time it falls as a seed into the ground and then dies and then comes out as a little seedling and then grows and becomes a tree, it cannot bear fruit. Amen. So it has to go through the process, and then after it's gone through the process to reach the place of maturity, then it produces something called fruits. Amen. And we know from the scripture we have read that the vine dresser is after much fruit, not just fruit. Amen. I, I told you that I like to read the Bible in picture form because it makes sense to me. If when I read it like this, sometimes it confuses me. 
But when I read it as a picture, I understand. If you have, um, let's say, uh, uh, give me a farmer, uh, anything, a, a crop, a farmer plants. Corn. So let's say we have a corn farmer. The corn farmer is not after the beauty of the corn uh, plants. Are you with me? The corn farmer is not just to see a lot of green around it. Even though having the green around the corn is nice, but that is not the import of his spending so much time plowing the land, so much time planting the seed, so much time watering the seed just to see green. Hello? That is not the essence of his hard work. His hard work is geared towards something, and that thing is called harvest of fruitfulness. Hallelujah. So you see that the, the coming of Jesus onto the, onto the earth to walk through the earth for 33 years, to do all the miracles, signs, and wonders was not just to produce Christians who look good. Green. Lush. It look, have you ever seen a corn plantation before? It looks very nice. But see, if, the, if all the corn plantation has for it is the green, elastic branches, nice looking, then there is something wrong or the farmer will never be satisfied. Hallelujah. The farmer is interested in the fruits. These things are the reason for the tree. The tree itself doesn't mean much to me. All I want is this, the fruits that are on the tree. Hallelujah. And, and see, but you see, the problem with us as Christians is that we are more interested in the welfare of the tree and not the fruits. Whereas God is interested in the fruits, even though you need the, well, the tree to be well for the fruits to come. Can you see the quandary? Are, are you with me? Yeah. So here is the case. We started talking about now the process. We talked about the, the sowing, and we used uh, the, the stages of a natural baby, isn't it? And we started by saying that first, it has to be born. Amen. In Mark chapter 10, verse 15, truly I said to anyone, do not be deceived. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom as a child cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You have to receive this kingdom. You have to receive the word as a baby. That is why when you try to use your logic to follow the word of God, sometimes you miss it. Hallelujah. Anyone that is born of the spirit and of water, that is the one that is born again. Hallelujah. Nicodemus was trying to use his mind, and he said that, how can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? It's impossible. And then Jesus explained that, no, no, it's not physically going back into your mother's womb, but you have to be born of the spirit and of water. Amen. We need to be born of the spirit and of the word. Hallelujah. If you are not convicted by the word as a baby, you cannot make it to heaven. That is why there are professors that teach religion and teach the Bible from cover to cover, and yet they are not born again. Because they have not allowed themselves to be born of the water of the word. Hallelujah. How many understand what I've said so far? Then you move from there to the childhood stage. That is when you are designed the sincere milk of the word and being fed thereby. Hallelujah. Then you move on from there to the third stage, which is what? The youth stage. What did I say the peculiar thing about the youth stages? Sorry? 
There's a lot of activities, but no fruits. See, most Christians are caught in this stage where the fact that we come to church on Sundays, the fact that uh, we, 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 we are busy, we sing in the choir, we are ushering, we are do- activities make us feel that we are doing something, but we are not fruitful. Children, have you, have you seen children trying to tidy up their toy, their mess when they finish playing before? How many have seen it before? What happens? It's worse. It ends up causing more mess and they take longer time. But you are better off doing it yourself. If you have like three children and they finish playing with their toys and tell them to tidy up. As some are putting it, uh, the toys into the basket, some are taking it from the basket, putting it back to the ground, and it's just going back and forth, back and forth. If you have any church, any organization that have a lot of people are doing contrary to me, you know you have a bunch of children. Spiritual babies. Hallelujah. Then we move from the, that stage to the stage of adulthood. See, this is the stage where the tree is about to get to maturity. Adulthood. And I said to you last week that it is characterized by something. How many remember what I said? Asking of questions. Asking of questions to grow. Wanting to know. It starts from a, a, a youth stage and then moves into adulthood. Amen. And it's the place of stability. Hallelujah. It's the place of stability. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says that, Therefore, my bread, beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's a place of stability. You are stable. You don't need somebody to come and uh, sugarcoat you and give you good wraps before you come to church. You don't need somebody to bribe you before you come to church. Ma- no mask or, or not, I will come to church. Register or not, I will be in church. Then it means you are becoming matured. Hallelujah. You are getting to the stage where you can now become food bearing. Amen. Oh, I said amen. amen. Are you with me so far? It's the place where you, you begin to become useful to the house of God. All of us must strive to get to this place where it is not about you coming to receive, but coming to become part of those who give. For the Bible says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Am I talking to somebody? Don't come that today what has pastor got for me? Today is pastor going to pray for me? Is pastor going to lay hands on me? Am I going, are they going to prophesy, you know, I'm really looking forward to this particular business deal. I want pastor to preach and prophesy over it. No. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If you are at that place, it means that you are still a baby. I tell you, babies don't contribute to the household income. Even the young adults don't contribute, but they eat more. They waste more. They, they make more mess. How many know what I'm talking about? They make more mess in the house. In fact, they add to the, to the uh, what's it called? The expenditure of not just money, but energy. Because yeah. every time you are cleaning after them. When my wife and I were the only ones in the house, when it's cleaned, you know that for the next week, nothing will go wrong because it's just us. 
But when some people join us, it's, it's a different ball game. As you are tied in, you know. Hallelujah. Oh, and spiritually we are like, and see, those are the people who feel that they are matured and they don't need you to tell them anything. <laughs> are you getting, getting what I'm saying? They, they, they tell you I'm matured. I know what I'm doing. Don't come and tell I'm a full grown man. I'm a full grown woman. Don't tell me anything. Meanwhile, they are the ones causing more mess. Spiritually is the same. You get to a place where you think you know everything in the Bible. You know everything. When the preacher starts speaking, I know where he's going with this. You know, and, and, and rather you are causing more mess for your life. More, oh, you don't like my message, can I? Uh, <laughs> you want me to change the to- topic? I can preach something else. Oh, Pastor Ben is back. I'm happy. <laughs> Pastor Ben is back. I have cover now. Hallelujah. You see, and it's this stage, if you are good enough, and the season is right. This is the stage where you become fruitful. Amen. And we've just gone through how you can become fruitful at this stage. This is the stage where you must realize that God is the vine. Are you with me? Jesus is the vine. We are just branches. And so, if we want to be fruitful, we have to be attached more to the vine. Are you with me? Because without him, we can do nothing. This is a time where you should be more attached. Don't say that I've read the Bible. I know the the scriptures already. No, that is why you are not going to be fruitful. That is why you are not being fruitful. Hallelujah. It's a place where you've got to allow the the vine to, to, to bring the sap that is in the vine must flow through to the branch. And when that thing happens, then you become fruitful. Amen. I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears fruit. The Bible says he prunes. Which means that as a branch, we must allow ourselves to be pruned. What what is the pruning process like? Do you know? Okay. For those of you who don't know what pruning is, pruning is when you take a knife. Right? And you go to the branch and you start to chop off some things. And you see those things that are being chopped off, in the eyes of the vine dresser, they are dead wood. But in the eyes of the branch, they are very precious parts. What am I saying? Let me bring it back home so you can understand. Those are the times that you have to allow certain people to be chopped off your life. Some old boyfriends must go if you are going to be fruitful. Some current, you know, you know some uh, booty calls. Can I say that in church? Huh? I'm thinking, I don't know. Okay. You, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, hi, Watamelandra. Are you okay? I haven't heard from you in uh, two years, three years. How are you? You know that Melena, when you call her, it doesn't take much to have sex with her. You see, the pruning stage, you have to lose that number. Lose that person from your life. It, that person must be chopped off. That attitude must go. Uh, have you seen the cutting? 
You see, the branch doesn't think that this thing is dead wood. The branch actually feels that this is a good part of my life. Pastor, you don't understand. I am very, very lonely in this part. You know, when I'm here, I'm by myself. Nobody says anything, anything to me. Even the church members don't come to my, visit me. It's only this watermelander that I, when I go to who comfort me. You need to chop it off. Hallelujah. I say chopping off things. See, anybody who told that sin is not nice, they deceived you. Hallelujah. <laughs> sin is nice, but sin is dead wood. And when you allow dead wood to fester, it will kill the whole branch and kill the whole tree. Hallelujah. Let us stop playing with our Christianity. Some of us, we are at the place of fruitfulness, but we can't go the next step because we are keeping too much dead wood around us. We are keeping too much pet sins. Pets. We are petting some sins. Have you seen it? How many have pets? Somebody got a little cat called Evie. And they used to put the cat on their lap all the time. <laughs> One day Evie left and never came back. <laughs> Up to today, we are still looking for Evie. <laughs> It's been three years. We haven't found Evie. When we drive around some place, we are looking. We slow the car down looking whether we'll find Evie. As if when we see Evie, we'll be able to recognize Evie. Anyway, hallelujah. It's a pet. It's a pet. You know, telling of lies. There's no need to tell this lie. This lie that if you don't tell it, you don't make any difference to your life. Little, 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 little sins. But also are the things that he, if we are going to be fruitful, we must allow him to chop it off us. Amen. Let him cut some things. There are some people that are stumbling blocks. They prevent you from being fruitful spiritually. Anytime you converse with this friend, she's not a bad person. She doesn't take you to the crack house. She doesn't take you to the, the strip club. No. But when you talk and gossip, you know those, those type of loose talks, by the time you finish, all the morals in your spirit, in your life just goes. All the fire you got from the prayer meeting just leaves. How many know what I'm saying? Because by the time you finish gossiping about useless things, things that don't matter. It, it, when you finish, you don't feel like doing anything anymore. Those are the people you need to cut off. You know, I, I always say something. I have a lot of acquaintances, but I don't have a lot of friends. Because I, I am very, very careful. For me, friendship is, select, is, is something I need to select. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, are you going where I'm going? Because how can two work together except they agree? So, I cannot work with you if where my destination is, is, is different from yours. I'm going to Manchester, you're going to London. How can we work together? It means that one will have to waste their time. As I'm working with you, instead of heading towards the M60, uh, is it 62? Instead of heading towards the M62, you are facing M1 and I'm following you. I'll go all the way to uh, uh, Sheffield before I realize that no. I'm supposed to be going the other way. Then I have to turn. Who has wasted their time? 
that's what happens when you're going with a friend very close to somebody who is not going where you are going. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Let, let us be very, very conscientious about our lives. We don't have much time. I said we don't have much time. And as it's appointed unto man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. We cannot afford to play. Even there are some Christians that we need to prune them. They come to the church as we do. But they are not people going where we are going. As, as I've been in church, I've seen some people. All those years, they were in church. But if I'd followed them, I wouldn't be standing where I'm standing today. But they were also Christian brothers and sisters. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Let, listen, let us become serious people. Let us become serious. You know what you're doing with your life. The signs of mat- one of the signs of maturity is seriousness in life. Children live for playing. Hello? Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? Can I come to this step? Is it okay? Social distance, but I can stand here. It's all right. See, now I've become very good. I stand, I'm caged. Yeah. You see, listen, children live for playing. They like to play. When they go to school, all they are looking for is their play time. Because that's all they, are, they, they want in life. You see, there are some Christians that live for playing. They will do anything but the real thing. A child will take their football and forget to take their homework book <laughs> to go to school. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> because to them, the most important thing is the football, not the book. The book is a means to an end. Amen. Oh, you don't like, let me go back. The way you are looking at me, think, I'm not coming for you, I'm just standing here. Hallelujah. This is not a time to look for football. You can look for football when you're in class one, class two, class three. That's all right. In the days of ignorance, God went that it's uh, it's play on. It's okay. But it gets to a place that God calls us to repentance. He calls us because this is a time to be serious. Hallelujah. Because it's about time we started producing some fruits. Amen. You see, when it gets to that age, the, 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 the tree becomes serious. It doesn't just waste resources. It, try, it goes deep into the, the, the ground to pull nutrients because it's time for me to start bearing some fruits. Amen. So it says that the tree that is perched, the same brings forth much fruit. Amen. So let's move on. We are talking about maturity, isn't it? Then there's another stage. There's another stage. So we've, we, this is the stage of what? Parenthood. This is the time that we give birth. You know, please understand something. This particular parenthood stage I'm talking about is not fruit-bearing stage. There are two different things. Fruit-bearing stage happens at the mature stage where you, you, you give birth to other Christians like you. Does that make sense? So that's why I said that you, once you are purged, you can become fruitful. So you start producing fruit. That is the mature stage. Then there's another stage 
which is the stage of parenthood. Amen? It's the place where you give birth to people of your kind. Amen? Oh, nobody's minding me. This is the place where you give birth to somebody that looks like you. So if you're a pastor, this is the time when you give birth to a pastor like you, who is as effective as you. Nobody gives birth to somebody that doesn't look like them. You can tell who somebody's child is. Isn't it? Hello? So this state, 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16, the Bible says that, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Hallelujah. Imitate me. Don't call somebody your child, your, your, your spiritual son or spiritual daughter when the person doesn't look like you. If you're a prayer warrior and your, your spiritual son is not a prayerful person, that is not your son. If you're a, 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 a very, very um, good Christian believer and your spiritual child is a very bad Christian, that is not your child. Hallelujah. How do you give birth to a... a a child, a son, or a daughter spiritually, you can do that by giving birth to the person. When I say giving birth, it means you, you brought them, you got them born again, and you struck, you taught them. That's the first way to do it. And uh, we see in Philippians chapter 1, verse 10, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, for I have begotten him while in my chains. Remember, he said, I, I, I gave birth to him. He didn't know Christ. He came through, through me. His, his life was through me. A, a, a parent is somebody whose uh, son comes through. The child comes through to life through the person. Amen. Then the second one is you adopt. In 1 Timothy 1, 2, the Bible says, To Timothy, a true son in faith, grace mercy and peace from God our Father and Jesus our Son. Jesus our Lord, Christ our Lord be multiplied to you. So, so you see, that one, he, he, his mother, if you, remember, if you read on, you see that his mother and his grandmother were the ones that gave birth spiritually to him. But Paul adopted him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because he's, he's, uh, I think the service has stirred up the spirit that was put placed in you by the laying on of the hands of the. So there were a lot of people involved in his his upbringing as a as a spiritual person, but then Paul adopted him. So there are times that you adopt somebody, but when you adopt the person, the person must carry your genes. Hallelujah, the person must carry your DNA. I'm all about DNA. So if you tell me who your father is, I want to check out. I, I, I must know, if I know your father, I must expect to see all the traits in your father or your mother in you. Amen. Are you with me? And then there's another point where you nurse a child. You nurse, you know, sometimes maybe like 
like Pastor Ben takes over the church. And now he becomes a nurse to the children. He instructs, and in doing that, he becomes a father too. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? So you give birth through, maybe somebody gave birth to you, somebody raised you, but now you are in the custody of somebody, and the person becomes your, have you had any adopted father before? Or any, any foster parent? Somebody fosters you. They're, they're same, it's the same love, isn't it? It's the same mentoring or nurturing. See, I said to you that anything that you can look at physically, you can see the same thing spiritually. Amen. Amen. Then the next one is somebody who is, who is in charge or takes charge of you. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 11, it says that as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. So this is somebody who takes charge of, of you. From today, I am going to look after you. Hallelujah. And you must exhibit, or the person must, they, they must exhibit all the traits that you exhibit spiritually. Amen. So we've gone through, the, I want to rush through the stage because I want us to talk about the fruit today. Is that all right? The next one is the gray haired stage. The senior citizen stage. Hallelujah. Now, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31. The Bible said, The silver head, the silver head head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. Proverbs 16:31. The silver head is a crown of glory. It is a fountain. It's, it's found in the way of righteousness. Hallelujah. In Proverbs 21, 29, the Bible says, A wicked man hardens his face, but as for the upright, he establishes his way. You know, this is the stage of intercession. This is the stage where you get to, you are not actively feeding or leading but you are somewhere interceding for the people. In Exodus chapter 17, verse 8, the Bible said, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Raphidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek tomorrow. I will stand at the top of the hill with a rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. So it was when Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And when he let, his hand, when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Hallelujah. So this is the place where you have like, uh, I have some spiritual fathers like that. What they are doing is that they have their hands up. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we are now building, we are uh, doing the work. They are sitting somewhere interceding for the work because that is the stage where they are, the gray head stage. So they are not active. One day I'll get to that stage where I will, may not be active, actively pastoring, actively leading or whatever, but I'll be sitting somewhere and all I do is to intercede. Hallelujah. That is, that is another stage altogether. 
So you see, we went from baby, stage one, then went to uh, uh, child, then to youth, then to adult, then to parenthood, and now to what? Gray head. Then there's yet one more last stage. Hallelujah. That is the stage of glory. 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, uh, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but to but also to all those who love his appearing. Hallelujah. So this is the stage where you are about to get ready to check out. You have done everything you could. You have done everything. I pray that we all get there. Where spiritually you can say that I have done all that I could. Remember this, uh, the lady Anna, Anna in the Bible? What did she say? In Luke chapter 2, verse 36 to 37. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived in a, with a husband seven years from her virginity. This woman was a widow about 84 years who did not, who did not depart from the temple but served with fastings and prayers. You know, it means that she had gone from the gray head stage of intercession for the church to the place of glory where she was waiting to behold the glory of the next generation. And the Bible says that, the next, give me the next verse. And coming in, the in, in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Amen. So she saw the glory of the next generation and she was at peace because I have successfully handed to the next generation to take over. See, a lot of us as Christians, we don't think about the next generation of Christians. But Christianity will not evolve or will not go on unless it's passed down. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we don't pass the right mode of Christianity, it will mutate. If we continue the way we are going now, the next generation of Christians will look more like unbelievers. And it will get to a point where Christianity will disappear. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm trying to say? If we don't get to the place where we have more of such people who are going into their glory years after they've interceded for the church, they are going into their glory years and they can see to it that the, the button is passed on effectively to the next generation. The, the, the oh, good old gospel they got, the way they got the authentic gospel, they haven't diluted it. They pass it successfully to the next generation. Then their job is done. When Paul says that I have run the race, I have finished my course, what he was saying is that the gospel that was passed to me, I have successfully passed it on to the next generation. And I've seen the next generation go they started running, and I can see that they are going the right way. 
which means that I have done my job. Hallelujah. How many can understand that? I've done my job. Now I can go into glory. Hallelujah. Then we can say that that is a place where you have really gone through the whole process of a dream. Amen. So I don't know whether I've challenged you with all the process. I don't know. Uh, can you locate where you are in this process? I don't know whether you're a baby, you're a child. You are a youth, you are an adult, you are a parent, you are a gray head, or you are a glory. Or you are still in the womb. Hallelujah. All right. So, with all that said, let's go to the fruits of maturity. My time is up, so I'm just going to give you one, and then we'll continue next week. I think I'll try and finish next week. Is that okay? Philippians chapter 1, from 6 to 11. Being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. As it is right for me to think that think this, to, this of all, of you all, because I have you in my heart, in, in as much as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers of, with me of the grace. Amen. For God is my witness how greatly I have longed for you all with the affections of Christ, Jesus Christ. And to this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in the knowledge and in all discernment that you may that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus, or by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. The first one is in verse 9. This, that, and, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more. First fruit of Christian maturity is love. Amen. Or oh, I say it's what? Love. love. Amen. Bible says in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, the Bible says, a new commandment I give you that you may love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people or all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Amen. Don't tell me how powerful a Christian you are. Don't tell me how many people you have raised from the dead. Don't tell me how many deliverances, uh, services you have organized. Don't tell me how many crusades you have been to and preached at. If I cannot find love in your behavior, if the fruit of love does not exist in you, then you are not a Christian. These are the people that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. There are some people that 
carry the form of godliness, the form of holiness, the form of purity, the form of uh, anointing. But if we come to look for fruit, like Jesus went to look for fruit and the fig tree, you see a lot of leaves, but no fruit. Amen. Because the real fruit of Christianity is love. Bible says that God is love, and anyone that loves is of God. Anyone that does not love does not know God. You know something. You may know the church, but you don't know God. You may know the things that the workings of the church, but that doesn't necessarily mean you know God. Because to know God is to love. What do I mean by love? Does that mean to, to go around kissing and hugging everybody? No. But that, if that brotherly love is not naturally emanating from you to others, there is something wrong with your Christianity. There is something wrong with your confession. Hallelujah. If we can't find love, what do I mean by love? The love that you will give naturally to your brother, your mother's child, if you cannot extend that love, to uh, somebody who is a, uh, uh, a normal Christian sister, normal Christian brother, then you don't have love, that love we are talking about. That fruit of love is not there. When your brother offends, you try to cover them. You know your brother has just done the bad thing. How many have covered your brother before? I knew that my brother stole that thing. And I know that stealing is not good. But when the police came, I said, my brother has traveled. He went to Cape Coast. He's been in Cape Coast for a week. I was hiding under the bed. Hallelujah. How many know what I'm talking about? Cape Coast is a place. In case you're wondering what it is. Amen. I will do that for my, my mother's son. I should be able to do that for my heavenly father's son, who is my brother. Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. I will cover him. Then later on, I'll tell him, listen, don't be doing this. Because when the policeman left, I went under the bed. I told him, you, where is that thing you stole? Then he was, he was holding that, snatched it from him. Then I went to give it to the owner. He said, please. As he was going to Cape Coast, he left it on the, <laughs> on the bus. So here, take your thing. But you have covered the person. How many understand what I'm trying to say? You covered the person. See, you're exposed. See, Christians of today, we are experts at exposing the sins of others. I'm not saying condone the sin, but I'm saying that cover the sin. Hallelujah. Somebody called me yesterday night around 12.30. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? I said, have I heard what? So, there's this pastor that has been caught sleeping with the church members. Slept with this person, that person, that person, that person. It's, on, it's on the internet. Then the person gave me the link. 
to the thing. This was around 12.30. So I was watching the thing. I mean, I was like, what? what? Because I, it's a very respectable person. I watched it about 3 o'clock this morning. You know, and I was like, are you also going to? Because the more you watch, the more views. Do you understand? And the more views, the more it, it, it blinks to everybody else to watch. But that's not love. Did, is what he's doing, is it the right thing? No. But is he not my brother? Why don't I cover him? And then I go and find him and say, brother, stop that rough there. Hallelujah. How I many understand what I'm saying? Christians today, we have daggers. We are waiting for a brother to fall. As soon as they fall, we are the first to thrust the dagger in. Eh, that sister doesn't have a husband, but she's just giving birth. Yeah, but do you know how many more are sitting by you who have aborted about 200 children? Why don't you cover them? Because you don't know where the person has been. You don't know their upbringing. If you knew the junction that they jumped to meet Christ, you would, you would, <sighs> you, you would even thank God that they only have one child and not 15 children by now. How many, how many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, because we all come from different places. And we are all products of our upbringing. Hallelujah. So you cover them. Cover them. If it was your child who had a baby without a husband, well, how would you want people to look at them? How would you want them? You want them to, you see, when you do something wrong, you want people to have mercy on you. But the way you brutally judge others. Nathan went to uh, David and said to him, there was a man who had a lot of sheep. And there was another man who only had one. And he treated that one sheep like a child, like the daughter. Sleeps on the same bed with the sheep. His children play with the sheep. One. And the rich man's friend came in the middle of the night. This particular rich man, instead of going to catch one of his uh, uh, sheep to kill, he did not. He went for that poor man's one sheep and took it and killed it and made uh, kebabs with it <laughs> and fed it to this, strange, this, this stranger that come. Immediately David got up and said, this man must die, this man must die, this man must die. What an evil man. Then Nathan said, you are that man. Immediately he went to sing. Creating me a clean heart. <laughs> Immediately he went to Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 51. Purge me with hyssop. It is, it is only you that have sinned against you. Remember that I, have, I, have, I was formed in iniquity. In, in sin was I conceived. Didn't you know that when you are saying that we should go and kill this man? That man, that day was formed in iniquity. Didn't he, didn't he also need mercy? Say your tender loving kindness and your mercy. Hey, now you know the tender loving kindness is there. See, before you look at David funny, we are all like David. When it is our, our, uh, somebody else's 
We are very, 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 very brutal in our criticism. We are brutal in our uh, condemnation. condemnation. But when it is us, oh, purge me, Lord. I have sinned against you. You say if we confess our sins, you forgive us. Now, did you know? Let mercy prevail. Hallelujah. Let us love. Let us love one another. Listen, one of my prayers is that this church would look like people that love genuinely. They love each other genuinely. And not a a church that has, you know, a lot of uh, prayer warriors. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that's not fruit of the spirit. Genuine love. Bible says that if I give my body to be burnt and I have no love, I'm like a sounding brass, a noisy cymbal. Hallelujah. There are too many noisy Christians making a lot of noise all over the place. But no mercy, no love, have no love whatsoever. I pray that we'll be different.